0: What's up, y'all?
1: All right. So, listen, we have a new opportunity so you can be loyal increasingly
0: <laughs>
1: to the Corner Store Podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon account. Tarma Davian, where can people find us on Patreon?
0: Patreon.com slash Corner Store underscore pod.
1: And this is a way where you can support us each and every week. Uh, there are, you know, very... Uh, affordable ways to support the corner store. It gives you a multitude of options. You could support the snacks, uh, stop Max from coming out of his pocket every week uh, to you know feed people in the corner store. And you could also be a part of a live studio broadcast if you wish. There's a lot of things in that Patreon account. Uh, Tar, where can people find that one more time?
0: <laughs> Patreon.com slash corner store underscore pod.
1: Y'all, please consider becoming a Patreon Patron of the corner store, uh, thank you for your support. Hey, y'all, welcome to another edition of the corner store. I'm your host, Kevin Koval, and I am excited for today's guest. Uh, before I introduce her, I want to uh, remind folks that we, of course, have a Patreon account, and you could support the corner store in that way. Keep our snack door Max from coming out of his pocket for snacks. Uh, you could also come into a live taping in the studio at WGN Radio or come to one of our live events. Uh, you could find us on patreon.com uh, backslash corner store pod. And you could also follow us on social media at corner store underscore pod. And, you know, not only follow, but but also tell us who we should have on the air. This is a space for creatives and artists in the city and beyond. And we're really trying and interested in exploring uh kind of that vanguard position of culture and also how we got to this moment in the cultural space so if you have ideas about who we should have on please please hit us up you could always hit me on socials at kevin Koval, and uh, look forward to hearing from y'all today is a very special day in the corner store because we have uh it's really the summer of king marie in the city of chicago uh it has been in my estimation w after w after w uh, King Marie is a singer-songwriter, producer, DJ, uh, fashion designer, creative director, and uh, a fashion icon, um, really, in the city of Chicago, someone who is on a rampage in terms of the creative output, Uh, and I know it comes via a lot of work, which we'll get into, but in the corner store, we are honored to have King Marie.
2: Wow, what an intro. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, You're already sipping on some Topo Chico yes uh in addition max has gotten you out the corner store uh some oreo minis um okay. which i think are vegan by the way I... um and in addition
2: I like uh,
0: they're minis they, yeah just
1: Appreciate a little, you little bit <laughs> he was looking out and then um a little bit of uh aged white cheddar pirate booty
2: you know the, the
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know what age it is at right. every point
2: it's Pirate's booty. That's all. The, there we are. Yeah. So, you know, feel thank free to enjoy those now yes. or, yeah.
1: uh, you know, share them Bust or what, what have you. Yeah. Um, but, yo, thank you for being here.
2: Really. Thank you for having me. It's an, it's an honor. I've been clearly a fan of the podcast for a really long time. No,
1: we, we've been wanting you on for a long time, too. But uh, before we get into kind of the torrent that has been your summer, um, I want to understand how we, we get to this point and just who you are and, and maybe we could start with where you come from.
2: Um, I am born and raised in the best city in the world. Chicago is, um, Northwest side of Chicago. Um, I come from a musical family as well. So my mom is one out of 13 children, the only one to make it to the States. Um, and she did that by singing. So she is also a performing artist, um, and so she's traveled all over uh, to every to every state, and she picked Chicago. Um, my brothers, my older brothers, are also DJs. So I come from an entire lineup of musical artists. Um, yeah, I mean. Well, so of, wait,
1: let's let's back because your mom's yeah. is is a singer. What 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 genres of music? Is so
2: she-, she she's a cover band singer so i mean ideally like soul funk disco uh motown um pop anything that like led up to like early 2000s of like radio music like that was that was her jam she's still singing now she's still
1: she can belt she she got she is the one she got the, oh yeah yes. okay yeah.
2: she's dancing and doing choreography uh, as well, she's she's. This is the same amazing. mom
1: that was in this the video that you just dropped. Yes, about it is the pawn, the pawn shop joint.
2: She's, she's a legend. You know. She really is a legend. She is a legend, especially I mean, now that if made any, it official. Official for real. If anyone like knows my mom personally, like that's that's really her. Um, someone told me the other day that she's what's that app face
1: oh yeah face app
2: face app in real life somebody yeah, that's <laughs> i was like ah, yeah you're right
1: as people are listening i want i want as as they're listening I, you know i want them to kind of follow along a little bit so where where can people find you online and and i, I want them to be able to go back and now just kind of take a look at this video of your yes. mom that is on
2: um i am at king marie um the video lives on Instagram, so it's on my Instagram pro- profile. It was for um, a party collaboration that I did with Converse um, during Complex Con weekend. And, you know, we did like a pawn shop setup. So my mom did the staged uh, ownership of it. I'm, you know, kicking it with my feet up, with my Converse up, and, you know, got gold in my mouth. She got gold in her mouth. <laughs>
1: It's pretty it's an amazing yeah yeah video. So yeah, check that out. And we we we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get cuz I, I do want to talk about your foray into design and and a lot of the brand collabs that you've been yeah. doing, but um so raised by your mom who's singing, your brothers mm-hmm. are are DJs, what kind of music are they are they selecting?
2: Uh I mean, they were true hip hop heads. So this was um they're also older than me. They're 7 and 11 years older than me, so you know, I I grew up sharing a wall like a wall between me and uh, my middle brother and you know just like hearing Wu-Tang through the wall and hearing and you know watching them you know be in DMC battles and you know just really being around the elements of hip-hop when you know that was the pinnacle time for hip-hop and I just you know Everybody worked at night. Everybody worked in the industry. So, you know, it was either I would go with my mom to the club and then, you know, like fall asleep in the office or, you know, they would wake me up. To sing a song on stage, or I would go with my as brothers a kid, as a kid. They wake you up. Yeah, so basically, like I didn't have like a normal childhood. No, well, I, yeah, normal
1: for you, but yeah,
2: yeah. Not for everybody. I forget. This is the part that I kind of forget whenever anyone asks me. Is like, you know, my mom had a restaurant and lounge, and you know, was her. She Where at? A, uh, it was on Peterson and Kimball. What was it called? Mary Lou's. Uh huh. So it's a KFC now. Okay um so yeah if you it's like next to the mcdonald's um so that's where i you know spent most of my time um like up to like nine years old um yeah she literally would she would cook she's a phenomenal cook where she's from in the philippines like they're in pampanga like that province is known for having like incredible chefs Mm. um it's just like part of where they come from and so she would cook during the day and then you know go home and shower and then or take a nap and then come back to sing at night with her band um and then my brothers either would you know one of them would play while they while the band took a break or you know my other brothers would do would do like a house party and like i would either like have to go with them they would babysit me there like i've really literally grew up in the nightlife like this is really all that i know so it's very like comfortable for me you know what i mean like i i'm i feel safe in the nightlife industry like going to a party is is not just work for me like this really is like the lifestyle for me
1: your brothers uh where were they they were starting to play out other than your mom's spot like would would they Were they making it as DJs at that point where they're beginning to play at certain places?
2: Oh, my God. I also think that that time of that era of DJing, you know, it was it was the era of DJing, you know, like that's when the DJ had the most importance um, and was like honored as the heartbeat of the party. And not necessarily that it's not that now, but it's just like. Oh, okay. Like that DJ wants too much. I could find another one for less. You know, it's just a very like disposable kind of. I don't want to. I don't even want to say it like that because like there's space for everybody. But it's just a you know that era of DJing. It was like you were carrying all of your records with you. You know, you were carrying your turntables with you. You you had to put the. It was like actual physical labor to be a dj so if you wanted to be a dj you had to know that that's what you had to do you mm-hmm. know like at this point and now, those we joints
1: had, were expensive it too. was
2: expensive it's an investment um it's, it's not it's heavy a, it, it wasn't as accessible there was now. there wasn't ubers like you know right. what i'm saying so you had to have a homie or your own car to get to where you needed to be like the concept of of that is just like it's it's that's not even that long ago but you know it's just a different time
1: right yeah no you're right it's changed but mm-hmm. so they, so they were pretty um they they took their craft seriously.
2: Yes. I mean, you know, my brothers are there. I mean, they're also my big brothers, but to me they're legends in the city. You know, they're still continuously playing. They play in the city, they play for the Bulls. Um my brother Jay plays for the Bulls, the oh, Bears, don't. the Sox. What
1: do they what are, what do they go what do they do? Uh, so
2: Jay Funk and Boy Wonder. Oh bet. Um yeah, I mean Tony Boy Wonder through do the right thing on Wednesdays, which was a pinnacle. He also is the one who still throws six oh six on Tuesdays at Sub T, which is the longest running hip hop party in the city in the of Chicago. City. I think they're yeah. on year nineteen, year twenty. Unbelievable! You know that's
1: where I would go as a kid. You know,
2: you know it still has it still has like the open mic for for MCs to spit. It's you know like very very legendary things in the city. You know that are staples to what we have made
1: so at what point as as a younger person Mm -hmm. did you start to go from you know you know being on the periphery to think that this might be a space you might want to walk into
2: it's crazy because when it comes to djing i never had that thought process you know i looked at my brothers as the djs i always wanted to be like my mom so i always wanted to sing and I knew that I could sing because I was already doing that. I was performing. She would have me perform. But, you know, as like a young teen, like I would write poetry and then turn it into song, like put melodies behind it, make my own songs. I would write my own prayers. Um, I forgot about that part, too. Like, I forgot that I used to write. Yeah, like, were, had, you,
1: were you raised pretty religious?
2: Um, You know, I'm Filipino, so that's... yes Uh, um catholicism like i we are the only like christian country like catholic asian country so um you know that was part of it i think like you know as i grew older she my mom put us all in in catholic school um catholic grade school and then high school then we went to you know uh, we all went to Lane. Me and all my brothers went mm-hmm. to Lane, um, so I think by then it was just like you know, kind of like pick and choose. But yeah, just very God, God fearing people in general. Yeah.
1: So by the time you get to Lane, are you do you already identify as an artist at that point? Um. Or I guess who were you? What kind of what kind of person were you in high school?
2: Man, I was. I mean doing the most like always i'm i'm the
0: same
2: (laughs) when i thought somebody asked me like you know like who were you in high school uh i'm i was still the same i was still doing the most i don't think i was an artist yet like i definitely like in grade school like you know made melodies and sang to myself and like would sing with you know other girls like in hallways or in bathrooms for the acoustics and like you know but i wasn't like i wrote some songs and poetry but it wasn't like oh yeah like let me pursue this it wasn't that i just knew i was always musically inclined um in high school i was in show choir gospel choir orcasis president of filipino club i mean the most like just doing the fucking most (laughs) forever like i'm a virgo you know um so it wasn't until i want to say like senior year so chris classic um
1: Shout out Chris Classic.
2: Shout out Chris Classic. Yeah. Is also one of my oldest and best friends. So we went to grade school together. We went to high school together. We didn't go to college together. But we both went to art school in Chicago. Um, but I think like it was that summer. It was like the end of like middle of senior year. Going into freshman year at college. Like we both had went through like, you know, break up. Like our breakups. Like, you know, and. We kind of like ran in different circles at Lane, you know what I'm saying? But we were still like clearly in Filipino Club together. He was, um, he was my, uh, my partner for my cotillion. Like I asked him to, you know, dance with me and like, you know, like yeah. just, he was my oldest friend. So, um, but then like once we had gone through it, like I remember Chris was like, yo, I want to try some. And I'll never, I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget. I sang. He, like, in his room, like, put uh, – had a mic set up and then put
1: – Yeah, this was, like, the first classic studio. This was the studio. first classic <laughs> yeah, studios,
2: yeah. but in his bedroom. So, like, right. this is the initial first setup of him, like, having a mic and then putting a sock over it. And I'm, like – he's, like, I, I attend uh, – all my closest friends call me 10. So, he's, like, I attend, like, what you gonna sing? And I'm, like, oh, shit. What am I gonna sing? I don't know. And I'm, like – oh. So, played the Juicy instrumental, played Biggie Juicy instrumental, and I sang Groove Theory, Tell Me, over it. That shit did not mix, but we made it work, you know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like, it was like, all right, well, we just gonna make, we gonna record something. Um, You know, two of my favorite songs, like, just two classic songs. So, it was, like, instilled in me, like, to always just have, like, this R&B flow over, like, a hip-hop beat or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, um... I can't even tell you what we recorded next but like then that's kind of what initially pushed us like music saved us you know like we were in like really really interesting you know and that's also like when you start to grow into your adulthood like or the beat the fine fine beginnings of growing into who you think you were gonna be and you know that's where classic studio started then he like built out his basement in his in his pop's crib and you know it's Moved two times since then, and yeah, the rest is history.
1: So, I mean, that did you, you all ever share that music at that point that you were Mm. recording with him, or was it just something you all in
2: the bedroom? Nah, like that. I think that honestly might have been the only song. Okay. Yeah, and if I know Chris, he don't got that. He don't. He definitely don't got that no more. But um, but the the basement in the basement, like, yeah, that's where I I recorded my first EP, um, Neon City. In the first when that come, when first that classic out. studios that came out, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. Uh, lived on MySpace, you know. Yeah, listen. Pre- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> real real introduction to, you know, like first first come of like streaming of music and like the internet and yeah, just trying to distribute that way. I mean, I remember being having having cds like having cds and like you know we weren't passing them out on michigan Ave, but like i just remember that there was like times where it was like
0: you'll hear
2: my shit yeah like here's my shit listen to my shit there was you know it it was it was also a different time hand to hand 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 to hand like that's the only way you could listen to music right you
1: you said you said you went to art school in chicago i did where'd you go
2: uh i went to international academy of design and technology which i don't think is a school anymore okay it's okay did
1: you graduate from (laughs) there
2: i did i got a, a ba in fashion merchandising
0: okay
2: um when i went to school i mean i went to school because you know asian family just like wanting to appease your parents and like make them proud of you and like ideally that's the way you do that you get a degree in college and whatever um but it was like if I'm if I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna go to school for something I wanna learn. So um
1: What did you think you wanted to yeah. do with that degree at that time? It makes sense now, given
2: Uh it does. I honestly the way they shop that degree, even when I hear on the radio now, it's like, Do you wanna be an influencer? Do you wanna you know what I'm like, What? You you have to have people have a whole degree. But, so like when they shopped this this one to me, it was like do you like shopping? You can be a buyer at a, st- you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. Like I could, tr- all right. Like, so ideally, like clearly I'm not working in the fashion industry. I did for, you know, some time. I worked for, um, Aware, married to the mob. Um, I've had every kind of retail job under the sun, but like,
1: were you big into gear because of the culture? was that were your you know were your brothers exposing you to oh my god
2: i mean i really i mean i'm i'm such a like (laughs) don't have to tell y'all but like you know i'm i'm such a tomboy and like it's just instilled like i had two older brothers so it was like i wanted to be just like them you know like everybody i mean majority like if you have older siblings like you want to be like them you know and i was the only girl. So it was like my brother taught me how to play ball. My brother taught me about hip hop. You know, they gave me their hand-me-downs. Like I was wearing an XL. Like since I have not changed. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Like, so Tommy wearing Tommy wearing Nautica wearing a wearing all of like a uh, triple five soul. Like it's, it's been the same. Right. So, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's part of that. It's like, yeah, it's it was the culture. It still is. I don't think I've, I've ever really like gotten rid of that part of me. Like that's who I am, like how I dress myself. I still wear men's clothing. I still wear oversized clothing. You know, I've just found like the woman in me along the way, like me growing into my womanhood has also progressed as well. But I find I think I find a balance, you know, yeah. within that.
1: It's interesting you 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 brought up the word influencer, which really wasn't around in in oh you know, right. nine, mm-hmm. um, and you've become one. Um, I don't know what that means to you, but uh, I guess it's it's given you an opportunity to work with brands that maybe you even used to rock and used to, and continue to wear. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious about when was the first time that you started to feel like that aspect of what you do was becoming a thing.
2: Um, well, I'll tell you the first time that it actually hit me. I remember uh, when I first moved back to Chicago, they had me be part of, Nike Nike had me be part of, damn, what was it called? Nah, I can't remember. But it's like basically a group of women that they get together and then um, they're the "Quote unquote influencers," and I just remember there was like this station of postcards that you could send out, and they had like Air Society—that's what it was called. They had stamps and like, um, it was a really weird transition for me moving back to.
1: And where where were you uh, moving from?
2: I moved back from L.A., and then I was in New York before that. And what Um,
1: were you doing in those places?
2: um, So the DJing part actually started when I moved to New York. So I left Chicago, you know, trying to catch a break a record deal and all that. Like every time anybody moves to New York, and you know, clearly just then it reality kicks in and it's like, yo, this shit expensive. Like we gotta work four jobs. Like so that's you know, I clearly couldn't make music in New York, so I had to get had to fill the void somehow so i picked up djing that's that's how the process started with Mm. djing i was like well i can make money doing this and it's a set rate let me try this so that's how it happened i uh, my mentor kevin Lim, um he's the one who basically just like took me under his wing and he his Mentor is Rocktakon, whose mentor was A Track, uh, was um, AM, DJ AM. So the line, the lineage of like, of that is just so like, the magnitude of even like saying that out loud again. It's just like, man, Kevin Lim is just like an incredible human being. And on his off days, um, for anyone in the industry, like Monday is basically like the day to get your, you know, get Get everything done. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, he would just have me over and I would just play for hours. And, you know, it was, like, while he was getting his invoices together, while he was doing laundry and, you know, he had this, like, his crib in Williamsburg. And this was before Williamsburg was what it was and just overlooking the Hudson. And I was like, wow, like, this is off DJ money. Like, this is incredible. And so, like, you know, he's always just kind of been real supportive in every step of my career, and just like listen to me play like terribly for hours, like, and you know he'd be like, you know I know ne- he he'll never take credit for that because he'll just be like oh like you you come from a, a line of DJs so I didn't really have to do anything and I was like I right, whatever but um, yeah I'm very grateful for for that man to yeah. just have listened to me and then I moved to LA uh,
1: chasing music again
2: chasing that was the first time that I moved wanting to DJ full-time. Just so quit my nine-to-five in New York, moved um, to L.A., and then moved back to Chicago. How long were you
1: in L.A.? A year and a half. Okay. Um, and then when did you come back to the city?
2: I came back to Chicago top of 2017.
1: Okay. Wow. So in a I think pretty short period
2: 16? of- 16? Th- 16. 16. 19. Nah, Some, like, hold on. Cause I think it'll be three years that, I, three years home. Yeah. Third smart. three, cause I've done three. I can't. I, I always count it by uh, my my Florida kids fundraiser, cause that was. So this will be the third one. So it'll be three years. Okay. Come twenty twenty.
1: Um, what is what is the fundraiser?
2: Um, so it's my sneaker drive. Um, so basically we collect gently used sneakers for the kids, and then. I throw them a pizza party and donate all the sneakers and then um, kind of get all my artist homies together to donate their artwork, to do, like, silent auction. Uh, some of the, like, I've worked with a lot of the boutiques and brands out of Chicago to, you know, auction off some of the, the clothing, etc.
1: That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you come back, in a relatively short period of time, uh, you've made a, a really big mark on the city. Um, you're from here, of course, and so you you have your people. But mm-hmm. you came back uh, as a DJ, and then how did you start to get on in the city as as a DJ?
2: I think it was, um, man. I mean, in in every part of me is just being resourceful, you know. And I think moving back home, it was making sure I showed love. I mean, I always just try and show love in general, but like just supporting though like supporting the same people like i i didn't realize like that even though i wasn't present people still were supportive of me you know and in some like fucked up sense it's kind of like if you go away you know it's kind of like oh shit like they making it there too like or they they making a name for themselves too they came like and then i came back and they're like oh shit like you were in new york you were in la and it was just like yeah but i was here like you know like what's up like what happened when i was here but besides the point it was just like a lot of people still had my back and showed me love um and vice versa and for me it was like kind of a sign of like knowing like all right if i'm coming back home it's because there's a purpose for that like um I just was I remember at that that time like there was just so many like I think a two year old had gotten shot Um, there were so many kids that were just they were just dying yo. and I just remember being like yo I gotta do something like this can't be what our city is like I don't ever want people on the outside to look at Chicago and still think that Chirac is okay like that that's okay to say that that's a term that that's how it's supposed to be like so you know everything that I've tried to do is to build with other creatives in the city or with other artists to try and help to try and do better to try and make the city a better place change
1: the story about the city too yeah yeah no definitely and I mean you're in the center and and a big part of incredible creative communities that I think are helping to change the narrative of what Chicago is and the creative output that folks here are, are doing. It's such a high level. Um, where were, I mean, now you you're playing regular parties all over the city. What are some of the regular spaces where people come to, to one of the parties that you're at?
2: Man, it's, it's all around, to be honest. Um, Kingdom started at blind barber. Um, and now i've been able to grow kingdom to you know become a brand and for me to move around with it like i brought it to new york at blind barber as well and um i mean when it comes to like playing in chicago it's just kind of everywhere like you can probably i mean it's everywhere you know yeah um yeah
1: you're most definitely out here
2: yeah i'm out here yeah uh I love playing the homies' parties. Um, Tango Funk, Geo Sands throws Dangle Funk um, at the Virgin Rooftop and it's one of my favorite parties to play in the city. Um, Yeah.
1: You just fucked up Complex Con. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you're right. I mean, it was the first time that I saw Kingdom as an actual brand because you were selling clothes. Mm -hmm. um, Collab with with Converse. Mm -hmm. And then you were on stage both DJing and singing tracks off of your new record prelude Mm -hmm. um how was that experience for you
2: wow um i mean we're like a week and a half out from complex con i don't even think that i'm fully (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't even think i've had time to reflect to be honest like just saying that out loud um yeah it was a lot it was a big
1: it was a big moment for you
2: it it was a lot yeah it was a lot of work it took. it took a lot it took a lot out of me to be honest you know I I'm sure, I yeah. personally hand dyed the tees with the homie rob who flew in from New York um literally 2 days before we had to set up the booth and then you know in within that time frame I'm having rehearsals to practice singing and and dancing at the same time for the first time and then
1: Yeah cuz your shirt was choreographed.
2: It on, was choreographed. Yeah yeah it was <laughs> it dope. Was, yeah I had two dancers um and then you know then going to the to mccormick place to make sure that the booth was set up and then trying to you know make something out of nothing it's like you know i didn't have a budget for that booth that came all out of pocket and you know it's it being a fully independent artist you know what i'm saying like it's it's intense and when you're your own when you are your own boss when you are a businesswoman, like a lot of everything falls on you. It's your business. Ain't nobody going to care as much as you do about your business. So I have a full hand in everything that I do. Um, I'm also a Virgo, like I, like I keep saying. So I do the most. I'm a perfectionist. I want it to be done correctly. Um, you know, and I, I do my best to, like, lead my team. And, and it, I'm learning how to ask for help. Um, I think that's also part of being a good leader is like understanding how to ask and what to ask for and how to direct and lead, obviously. So it's getting better. You yeah. know, the more I do it, it wasn't like it was my first time doing merch and I was like, well, I just right, either going to do merch at Complex Con or never do merch. So, you know, I was like, let me I wanted it to just be a full extension of who I am as a person. And, you know a king marie experience kingdom is always going to be a king marie experience no matter whether it's a party whether it's on a t-shirt whether it's um in chicago or a different city or country or whatever it is you know like i want people to understand that like, yeah kingdom yeah. is a full extension of me
1: your your booth was definitely popping when i walked by there was a squad <laughs> uh you you were essentially dance like it looked like a music video <laughs> that was happening and there was like a older woman who was filming it all and oh it my was, god it was super turn. Oh yeah,
2: you yeah, know, that, yeah. That the squad future, of young the kids. future kings came through. Yeah, the young homies. Yeah, yeah. That um, was very fly. To that see. was so much fun.
1: That was one of my favorite moments of ComplexCon <laughs> was to see you turn uh, up with them. Yeah. Um, and of course, recently you put this really beautiful project into the world. Um, it must be different to then have something that is your voice, is yeah. your creation, mm-hmm. uh, a different kind of vulnerability uh, to be out in the world like that. To me, this record it sounds very much like now a uh, but but a continuation of a house sound, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, very much a Chicago sound. But you know, years in into the making and taking some of the other le- elements, I think you have sonically from DJing and placing them into this record. What's some of the stuff that you wanted people to get from spending time with Prelude?
2: Honestly, when it comes to this project. I made music again because even as a DJ and as an artist it's like I just want people to dance again. I want mm-hmm. people to be able to groove again. Like I think um that's always just like what I want and I want people to have fun and to people people for people to feel me. You know, even if I'm playing other people's songs like if you come hear me play it's like I want you to no matter how you walk in feeling, I want you to leave happy. I want you to make sure that you had a good time. I want you to make sure that you enjoyed spending time with me, you know, whether I talk on the mic or not. And when I had the opportunity to make music again, it was like, I want that same feeling. I want you to leave. Like, the once, once On The Way plays and it ends again and comes back to um, King, it's like, yo run me back on replay you know i'm i'm your baby mama's favorite dj like for real like i want and that that was the first time i ran (laughs) the first time i ran it back i was like oh shit i didn't even intend to do that but did i i was like (laughs) oh i was so excited for myself you know yeah um just being a listener you know after putting eight months of work into that project but yeah that's that's initially what i want i want people to dance i want people to to groove no matter if it's a slow song or whatever bpm of a song i put out i want you to to be able to nod your head i want you to be able to like sway your hips and it is that's really it
1: well we're going to uh take a listen to the single off of the record i decided uh off of king marie's prelude dj Cashera. yes y'all that is king marie's i decided off of her project prelude uh yeah that's a dance record for sure it
0: is <laughs> um
1: that's the single off the record i you know i love that single i think my favorite joint on the record might be Fuck You mean yeah um another i feel like favorite. that's a banger yeah another favorite uh, but the project goes where, where can folks uh listen to this to this project
2: it is streaming on all platforms so itunes spotify youtube soundcloud everywhere <laughs>
1: and under and just uh put under into king the, marie yeah yep. under king marie um what do you what do you got coming up that people can come and you're doing stuff around the city all the time uh this probably will be in you know we'll drop this in like uh a week or two from now but mm-hmm. what, do, what do you got coming up like um end of summer you know that, uh, that folks so can come see
2: my first headlining show and birthday party will be August 28th at Shuba's. Uh, so, Dope. Congrats. You know, that little, shit will sell out. Surprise. So get a your tickets. Yeah, yeah, I have um, Nest Heads, The Minds, hey. Matt Audio Dope, and my jeweler, Secret of Mana, is now DJing as well. So oh, wow. Got him doing a little opening set for me.
1: That's very dope. Yeah. Congrats. That'll be yeah, a very fly you. party. Good. Well, well, we'll make sure that this comes out before then. Yes. Um, yeah. Where can people find you on the Interconnected Networks again?
2: Man at King Marie on all social networks, uh, kingmarie.com. I still got merch available, slash merch. There's a little tab, but yeah, come find me.
1: Yo, King Marie, it has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being in the corner store.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We want to thank our super producer, DJ Cashera,
0: WDN boss man, Todd Manley.
1: Shout out Ernie the Engineer.
0: And of course, Max the Snack Toy. All
1: day. On IG and Twitter, we are...
0: Corner store underscore
1: pod. Please y'all rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell someone to listen to the Corner Store. And if you wish, you could also tell us who we should have on the Corner Store.
0: Yeah, just, you know, sliding our DMs. They're open. A great yeah. way to support us is through our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash Store underscore pod. And you can, you know, support us in our future endeavors and, you know... Get some benefits along the way, and it's like a little change jar, like you know, know, in front, like at the corner
1: store. Yeah, right, (laughs) right, right. yeah, yeah. If you if you listen, please support, and uh, we really appreciate your support.
0: Thanks. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.